Welcome to A Life in Film. Our guest first cut her teeth as a casting director on the acclaimed Daniel Wolfie music video, Time to Dance, starring Jake Gyllenhaal and Callum Turner. She followed this up with award-winning films such as Lilting and the BAFTA award-winning Home. Over the past decade or so, she has earned a reputation for championing new and diverse talent with fantastic projects such as Netflix's End of the Fucking World and Saint Maud. She's cast all three of Robert Eggers' films, The Witch, The Lighthouse and The Northman, most recently casting what might be this year's most unsettling film, Alex Garland's Men, firmly cementing her position as one of Britain's most exciting casting directors working today. Not only that, but the future is bright with upcoming projects like Lady Chatterley's Lover and the highly anticipated John Wick Chapter 4. Our guest today is Carmel Cochrane. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm good. I had um, a fellow casting director on here the other day, Daniel Edwards, and he, I, I, I thought, oh, right, I know I've met this guy in the past. And, and I was like, I, I definitely went in for River Street. And he was like, yeah, I've got your, and he had, a, he had a whole database and he looked it up. And I wondered if it's something you do too. Do you have like a kind of like almost like a, I guess it's like an Excel spreadsheet with all the people you've ever met? I do. I, and I already looked you up, so I remember <laughs> for the goob, and then there was the teachers. And it's hilarious. There you go. This is, I, this is not something I was ever aware of, and he really <laughs> showed me up because I, I kind of, I presumed I was like, yeah, I, I met you when I came in for Ripper Street, and and then he was like, no, you met me on this day at this time. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, blew my mind. So is that a, is that a thing that everyone does? I guess it it makes sense because it's organised. I don't, I don't know. I, I was quite surprised that I even had those records because I'm a bit kind of, you know, airy-fairy, but <laughs> it was there. Mine That's is so like funny. my brain. Like, I still remember that day because you came, because you dance, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Okay, let's just say yes. Um, <laughs> no, because I, I, I think it was 2013 when I came in for the Goob. And I'd just done a film called Northern Soul. So I'd learned to do that type of dance. Yeah. So then obviously my agent was like, can you dance? I was like, I could do some kind of dance. And you so like I came in for that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, but I remember it. And I weirdly had met Elaine Constantine um, just before she was doing Northern Soul. And so was really tracking that film because I love the music. And um, ah, Right. Yeah. Oh, fair enough. How funny. Well, I'm glad I'm glad I looked it up because I didn't want to be showed up this time. So I, I did remember <laughs> meeting you, but I actually remembered it from commercials. Yeah. Um, and the goob, for some reason, I can't I have no memory of that whatsoever. And you'd think I would, seeing as it was something where I had to come in and obviously do some sort of dance. But it was obviously deeply traumatic and you buried it. Maybe, yeah, I blacked out. Or, it will come uh, out in therapy years later where, you know, we made you dance to Drake or something, which is some, something that really? we often do. <laughs> do you remember if, if people did actually, for that part of Elliot, did they have to come in and actually dance for that? Yeah, yeah, they yeah. definitely Yeah. So I would have danced. You 100% danced. You wow. 100% this is water it's not like a pint of gin and tonic <laughs> it did look like vodka and like fizzy water or, something, or lemonade <laughs> looking you up and, and seeing I mean the amount of that I mean obviously fully aware of what you've done but actually going back through and seeing when you were assisting as well and the and the the films that you did then on your way up is just it's unbelievable but what what kind of um what was the actual initiation what was the the thing that made you want to go into this um, I never wanted to. I didn't even know that it was a job. Um, I never really knew what I wanted to do. I'm one of those annoying people that's weirdly quite good at everything, apart from, apart from. Oh, you're one of them. Well, yeah, I've got one of those minds. So I, which made it really difficult. So at, at school, I could never really concentrate on one thing. And I knew that I wanted to do something I'd say glamorous, but I don't, I don't mean that in, in the full scope of it. I knew that I wanted to do something buzzy and exciting, but I never knew what that thing would be. And I always thought that it would be working in fashion. And I remember going to a talk at Central St. Martins 
and having my mind blown when a woman, I can't, I can't remember who she was, I think she was quite a big deal in the fashion world. She said to me, um, oh no, she was on stage and she said, uh, don't be confused. Just because you like buying clothes does not mean you need to work in fashion. It just means you need a job where you can afford all that stuff. And I thought, oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> um, and I had a couple of years of just trying my dad was the builder and he used to work for this um, wife, a, a couple, and his wife worked as a fashion editor. And I remember going to see her and saying, oh, you know, I think I want to be a fashion editor. And she said, well, name three fashion editors. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know any. I just think I want to do this job. And she was so kind of awful to me. <laughs> <laughs> that I thought oh god no I don't want to do that either so I think I just um I didn't even know it was a job I just got into it accidentally and uh yeah probably too lazy to try anything else <laughs> not lazy I mean, but just, yeah I found well, you've, done, you've done pretty well for someone that uh you know maybe saying lazy that that's um I mean you've done all right so you've obviously that, that's what I find so going. funny because I I think and that's probably a reason that I can kind of get quite into it is because I just don't um take it very seriously <laughs> mm -hmm. I, I feel really lucky to be in this situation in this position and so um it's not my entire life sometimes that's the best way I think because it's when you you know you kind of pin your hopes and dreams and everything aspirations all on one thing yeah. and then you forget to have a life outside of it which I think is very dangerous yeah um, and I enjoy it I think I haven't got to that point yet where I it comes to Monday and it gets to Monday and I'm dreading going into work I just I still find it all quite fun <laughs> How long have you been doing it now then? Because you obviously you started with um, short films and assisting and, and, and that. But when did that actually start? So I, I started my very first day it was probably around this. Well, it would have been. It was around this time. 18 years ago. Wow. Um, so I just finished my AS levels and I just went and worked. At, you know, I knew... My cousin knew a director, um, mm. and, and we're not from a well-to-do family. I sound posh, but I'm not. Um, we're not from a well-to-do family at all. And so my cousin was like a, is a, you know, gorgeous ragamuffin um, who had a director friend, and we all used to hang out together. And the director friend said, oh, I'll pay you £50 to go and take some photos of some kids. Sounds a bit weird now, but I did. <laughs> He said, oh, you'd make a good casting director. I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. I don't know what that is. And then I think a few days later, his sister called me and asked me if I wanted to come in and, you know, work. And I said, sure. And here I am. Wow. Still <laughs> is it, make it, make it into, no, you fake it until you make it. And, and that really feels, sounds like, I mean, you kind of. Well, I mean, I, feet do there and... I do that every day. I feel I've got massive. <laughs> Surely not to these <laughs> Even to, to this day, you, you oh, must God. know what you're doing by now. No, I feel like I've got massive imposter syndrome. Sometimes <laughs> Zoom calls, I sit there and I'm sat with people that I just absolutely respect and love. And I just think, what am I doing? <laughs> That's amazing, though. That's such a great place to be when you're, you know, you're enjoying it that much. And you're like still pinching yourself thinking, how did I get here? That's yeah. amazing. That's all anyone wants from a job, isn't it? I, well, I mean, it's a lot to ask, but that's all we want. Amazing. So with, um, I saw that um, one of your first things that kind of catapulted you was the music video you did. And, and you cast, it was Jake Gyllenhaal and who was it? Um, Callum Turner, was it? Callum Turner, yeah. How, how, like, how do you get someone of that caliber to do a music Jake video? Gyllenhaal nothing to do with me but I ride it and I pretend to this day that it, <laughs> basically I'd just been to Coachella uh, with my friends and we'd met Jake Gyllenhaal and so when the producer called me and said oh you know we're thinking of going to Jake Gyllenhaal I was like oh yeah I'll text him I mean I never text him but I could have if I wanted to um, <laughs> let's just <laughs> say you did <laughs> let's say I did um 
and it was it was a time I was casting it with another casting director called Leanne Flynn, who's still a dear, dear friend of mine to this day. We speak every day. And I remember just kind of going through a list of cool friends that I had at the time and people on the peripheral of the peripheral and going through Facebook and looking at friends of friends of friends. And that's how I came across Callum. Um, and he was modeling. It wasn't, I, I don't even think he'd done much. Um, and we had all these, I'd put together these kind of workbooks and PDFs of just faces with like, screenshots of them from magazine articles I think I was even like taking photos of the magazines that I had because I've had the face and ID for like the last hundred years so for me it was just something that I really really enjoyed and threw everything at amazing that so it, that is literally like as well I guess it must have been it's a while ago now so it was before like now everyone uses social media uh, it was promote before, themselves or anything else yeah. so before that yeah I mean we had it was Facebook and I remember messaging like Pixie Geldof on <laughs> Facebook and but but it wasn't as easy as kind of Instagram if, if I'd done it now with Instagram it would have been mm. incredible but I think Twigs was in that or, or or maybe we asked Twigs but by then she was on her kind of musical ascension but yeah, there was just, there are a lot of people in that video. I think mm. there was over a hundred cast. Um, yeah. Well, I, I re-watched it today because I hadn't seen it for a while and um, <laughs> it's got over 8 million views. Yeah. It's just, just like crazy. Before YouTube views were a thing on music videos. Yeah. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't, um, I wasn't that clued up, but yeah, no, it was... That was the thing for me, and I will always, the producer on that, Lee Greenbridge, who is still a friend, and Daniel mm. Wolf, still do stuff together, and that really changed everything. Mm. And was that, like, before, did you then start getting sort of, um, actually becoming a casting director in your own right, and getting, obviously you had a few films like Bypass, and, and the, uh, the Goob would have been one as well. Um, is that kind of that? Is that the timeline? Is that when you started doing uh, they all, doing films they all and stuff? Happen at the same time. Um, I think the shoes happened, and I was still doing commercials um, and music videos, and then the goob because that was with Lee Groombridge, who was the producer. Mm -hmm. of the shoes. So I think everything just fell into place at the right time. Mm. One thing I, I, I'm going to compliment you now, and most people are very uncomfortable with that when they do it on the podcast, but I just want to say that I've really noticed with your castings that you tend to cast people out of their kind of, like people like, I'm going to give an example, like Bypass with George Mackay. It's not, in, you know, most people wouldn't go, oh yeah, he'd be great for that part. He's a great actor, but that was a very different role for him at that time. Is that something that you enjoy doing, like putting people in and, and seeing if they can do something a bit different um, and, and trying something new and experimenting like that? I think that's all I'm really interested in. I'm just definitely not interested in, as I said, because I didn't come into this as a film, you know, I'm not, a, I was not a cinephile at the time. Um, mm. I think if you'd asked me 18 years ago what my favourite film was, I would have, it would have been Dumbo or something. <laughs> Even as an adult, I was ridiculous. I'm um, still number one. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I think that I've not, I haven't got that um, thought in my head of thinking, oh, well, that person trained as this and I've seen them do this, this and this, and therefore they should do that again. I'm just like, well, they're an actor. Mm. They should be able to act. So mm. if we want them to, uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm just far more interested in seeing the flip side of everything in life. yeah it's much more exciting when you see an actor if you do know who they are and you see them in something where they're, they're completely different like transformative like that um i'm trying to think of, of another example but that to me is exciting when you see an actor doing something you think oh they probably really like stressed and worried about doing this role because it's very different for them yeah and i think from the beginning something that i've always been really conscious of is having a style to my work so that someone mm. could watch it and say oh i bet carmel did that mm -hmm. and i think 
I think he, I think sometimes you can tell. Um, but it was 100%. Looking, it was looking at people like Des Hamilton, who I absolutely love, and mm. I could always, well, you know, nine times out of ten, I could tell if Des had done something because I'd be really jealous because <laughs> it would be impeccable. Uh, yeah, Des is Des is brilliant, and he is another one. He's actually similar in the way where he casts people kind of where you go, oh, right, I wouldn't have ever imagined that, but they've smashed it, and it's it's they're perfect for the role, it turns out. That's a true iconoclast, and that's, you know, what I would love to be thought of, rather than someone mm. who's just doing the do, and which is fine. There's, you know, could be a job, yeah. but I always think I don't actually have to do any of this stuff, so uh, if I mm. do, I make it different and special. Well, that's the, well, I mean, I even said it in my email that it struck me that your castings are very, it's just, it's an odd thing to say to someone, but like, you've done very credible projects and it's almost like, how have you not done a dud? I mean, I'm sure there must be a couple in there somewhere because no one's perfect, but like you look at it and they, they do all have a very certain feel and, and tone. And even if, if you go from like a series like um, End of the Fucking World, to say like the witch they're obviously completely different but they're both on a level of quality that you know acclaim and everything else how do you manage i mean obviously you can't plan these things but um as you say trying to keep that kind of level and and, and have a certain vibe that people can see do you how do you pick and choose the projects that you work on so I think this is a really uh, interesting thing because I do so many commercials or so many commercials. That's what we do day to day. I'm in a I'm in a position financially where if a film or TV comes along, mm. I don't have to do it. So I think if you're talking about that kind of. I turn a lot of stuff down a mm. lot. Um, and there are, I'm sure there are some duds, but really, I love everything that I've worked on so far. Well, that was something I was going to ask, actually, if, you know, if you weren't a casting director, um, I mean, you said before that you, you know, you weren't necessarily into films beforehand. I'm sure you are now. But what are the kind of things that you, you would actually sit down and watch? What's kind of your, you, what's your kind of show or your kind of film? Probably the end of the fucking world or the lighthouse. Mm -hmm. um, the lighthouse is so good. <laughs> it's uh, so surprisingly funny as well. That's what I loved about so it. So funny, so funny. Yeah. Um, but I think there isn't really anything on there that I wouldn't watch. That's a general rule of thumb of mm. would I pay money and go and watch this? Yeah. And if the answer is no, then I then I don't want to work on it. Um, there's only been one instance, even though I signed an NDA, I feel like it's really important to talk about it, where mm -hmm. I, I signed on to do something mm. in a world that everyone would want to work in. Um, mm -hmm. I hated, right, everything. Okay. hated every single minute of it, got fired after six weeks. And um, oh, wow. I'm really glad that happened because it made me realise that my instinct is so correct. I knew, I knew yeah. that it was but I was just so excited to I always feel like everything that I do is kind of you know niche and art yeah, sure and this, was this was so mainstream that I thought oh I could call my dad and he'd actually know what I was talking about um but the experience the experience was not for me <laughs> I, I was gonna make a guess that obviously I can edit around anything if we say anything that we can't say but um I was gonna make a guess that it was gonna be something to do with like Marvel and that it would be something like I can imagine them approaching you for something like the Eternals because it it's a little it bit it wasn't the Eternals but it's something that hasn't come out yet but it, yeah it was in that uh, fair enough and I'm just, I'm still really confused and actually traumatised by the whole thing because I feel like <laughs> if you've looked at my body of work, you know that I'm not like a yes person necessarily. Mm -hmm. I, I think you know that there's a bit of spike and intrigue and, you know, I definitely don't play the middle. So um, if you wanted someone who did that, should have hired them in the first place. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, too much of an opinion and too good at your job by the sounds of it you're not even really you're not even really allowed to have an opinion and I, I just am too 
my process is so there isn't one. <laughs> mm. Um that you know, it doesn't work for everyone. You're not you're not different horses for different courses. Mm. And uh, that one wasn't have, for me. <laughs> <laughs> I have to admit, I um today, because I'd seen a lot of the things you've done, um, but one of the ones that I'd been meaning to watch for ages and I hadn't seen it was Saint Maud. And um, I watched it this afternoon, which is a bit of a bizarre thing to watch when it's still light outside. It was a cup of tea. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, nice little uh, biscuit and a cup of tea. And um, it was funny. <laughs> my girlfriend's not into anything that's at all harrowing or scary in any way. And um, she came up and I, I was watching it. And it, I'm not to give away to anyone that's already hasn't seen it. But near the end where there's quite a horrific scene and she walked in and went oh no thank you and just walked straight back <laughs> <out>. <laughs> I went I went to see it and I just I don't remember it being that um gross <laughs> well uh, for me not so much but I really enjoyed it but Katie is terrified of anything um Dumbo would be one I am, I am. I'm so, I'm so I went to see um men the Alex Garland film and I had to, I was sitting there the whole time and as a script it just there was nothing nothing happened that wasn't in the script I don't think but it was just so visual um, <laughs> and I came out yeah just completely stunned <laughs> how was that casting that because obviously the 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 um I've forgotten his name which is terrible Alex Garland <laughs> No, not Alex Garland. Um, oh, yes. Now, casting that part, because obviously he's so many characters in that. How, what was that process? Like, was that, did you have to kind of audition people and kind no, of no, do no. all the we different roles? We, we didn't audition anyone. I, it was during deep COVID and um, we drew up lists and I, and I'm really sorry, Rory Kinnear, but I think he might know this story because I, say it a lot um <laughs> I just wanted somebody in my mind this you know I don't know what Alex wanted but I just thought it was a bit like Mr Potato Head who could you take little bits off and put other things on yeah and I thought Rory <laughs> um <laughs> well, yeah no that, that's the thing he, he no looks, I just think it's so he, different in different bits of it he's such a character actor and weirdly I'd been watching mm. um Charlie and the Chocolate Factory the night before I put the list together with my with my kids and I think it's his granddad or his dad you know and there was just something about his performance that kind of old school style of acting mm. that made me think he's perfect he's a theatre actor he's used to different characters and that physicality mm. um and it wasn't easy because at first I don't think he was available and it was only when we and we couldn't really say much about the script and it was only when the agent and I were chit-chatting about something else and I said oh but you know it'd be a shame if he didn't do this and um it all worked out <laughs> when uh, someone like Alex Garland comes along and um asks you to cast his film is it one of those things where you go I don't even need to read the script because his films are all amazing they're all really unique and interesting films no so weirdly um I a few producers and directors that I'd worked with had started to text me saying um DNA films are asking for references on you mm. and I got really kind of got my back up and was really you know defensive and I said oh well surely they should just meet me and or call me and then they know what I was like but they really did their research and so when they sent me then I went in to meet Alex so I hadn't read the script I went in to meet him and I just thought oh he's you know a genius and the 13 year old beach fan all saints years um I mean I was just in total I was a mess and then they sent me the script and I read it straight away and I just remember sitting up and thinking, oh God, this is absolute genius. And so it was a bit of a reverse process. Usually I read the script and then meet the director, but it was, um, it was lovely. And honestly, working with them is like working with family. Alex really got me through um, my uh, terrible times after being fired because it really, I think it's really important to know that it happens 
mm. wants to. And we're not just, you know, as casting directors, we're not just these really strong, um, awful people. I'm, you know, I was so, so, I was so vulnerable. And I remember really, really being in a in a pickle, and Alex just talking me through it. And mm. it was at that point where I really felt like you can have such a community with people that you work with, and 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 another family. Um, mm. And I still very much feel like that about DNA. They're great. I think that's the beauty of, you know, well, from the acting side of things, from my point of view, like those families that you have when you go on to set and and yeah. then from the beginning from the casting directors to the writers to the you know being on set and actually filming the thing it is like a moment in time that you'll always remember with those people and sometimes you're lucky enough to later down the line you work with someone you recognize you ah yeah. and um I think there's, there's always that funny thing that you get onto a set and you go right there's going to be at least a couple of people here that I've worked with before that I've met and that's the nice thing. It's almost like there's always a familiarity there, um, which is something I really enjoy. And, and obviously you've had multiple uh, collaborations and, and with, I mean, I can imagine you doing another film with Alex Garland as well. But I mean, in terms of uh, Robert Eggers, obviously you've done all of his feature films. And again, very unique, very like straight away, you know, it's his film when you see when you see his movies. How how did that relationship begin totally by accident they um well I, I say by accident uh, a producer friend of mine had recommended me for the job and they emailed it to me and I think I didn't really take it seriously because it was so early on in my career and you know it, it all, all roads lead back to the shoes I was sat at some such because I was then doing a commercial with them um and I remember skyping Robert because we didn't have zoom and he was so excited and just so excited to be speaking to a casting director. And I just remember thinking, oh, sure. Sent me the script. I absolutely thought it was the most, with every single thing that Robert writes, there's a good two weeks of me being like, eh, what? I need mm -hmm. to go. Like, his mind is, and in fact, it just seems like I work with these really, really hyper-intelligent people. And I think because I didn't go to university, I just have this kind of inferiority complex but Robert I'm working with Emerald Fennell at the moment who's just an absolute genius and I seem to surround myself I don't know why with these mega minds um but I just find it so inspiring and so wonderful to watch and I'm just such a I'm just so pleased that I'm like a tiny little cog in their world and um like Robert is a friend now more than mm anything else our children play together um but working with him is an absolute joy it, it must help as well that each film is just <laughs> brilliant as well like it's it's not like um you know you can do something and go oh i don't know about doing the next one like all his films have been amazing and i mean the, the northman and uh, when that came out which is you know recently yeah. people were like this is this generation's gladiator and I mean, it, it doesn't get much better than that. So it's an incredible thing. Works so, so, so hard. Mm. You go into his office and there are, you know, floor to ceiling of visual references, books on history. He's just, um, I've never met anyone like quite like him. Um, it's, yeah, stunning, like his process. And he's so kind and so, you know, yeah. I'm really fortunate. I think there was a time um, after I'd done The Witch, we started on another project that hasn't uh, happened yet. Um, I, oh, and, I'm intrigued now. <laughs> it, might, it might happen. Um, but the studio had really not wanted him to like take me along. And he was just really insistent and really mm. loyal and has been, you know, he could have ditched me and got a glossy, you know, person. But, um, he hasn't he's been very very loyal and stuff but you are that person now like you are at the top of the tree like <laughs> you know what I mean like it he doesn't need to do that anymore that's I mean that's great and when you have relationships like that I mean it's just it yeah. must be so nice going and working with your mates and and you say like your children play together that's 
I mean, yeah, that's the aim of the game, isn't it? To be able yeah, to... and we'll we'll text each other and we'll have calls and he can call me at one o'clock in the morning and know that I will always answer and it's mm. the same thing. I could text him now and say, I need to talk to you for two minutes. Uh, can't think of anything intellectual to say to him. But, you know, <laughs> it's just it's just lovely. Oh, that's great. And, and so, we, I mean, we've talked a lot about, you know, working and, and being employed and everything else, but I want to talk about the the downtimes the the times where you weren't sure if it was going to work out and like the early days of kind of like is this what I want to do how I mean I'm sure they please tell me there must have been some sort of gap and downtime where you weren't working but how did you fill those yeah, times? I gave birth. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was the only time <laughs> no no um to be into entirely honest I'm a, I'm definitely a workaholic there's never been a time that I haven't worked even when I had children and I regret that that is not something that I am um, advocate or push for I think if I had my chance to do it again I would have taken that time and not cast a music video that nobody cares about now because it just wasn't worth it but um it's really interesting I've never had that and this isn't an, at all in an egotistical way I've never had the thought that I wouldn't be successful mm. so in whatever I was doing I used to work in warehouse on Kensington High Street and I remember once um completely redressing the windows I mean I, I literally was a sales assistant on five pounds fifty an hour um because I was never able to just do what I was told <laughs> there was always part of me that wanted more and wanted more and um I think mm. Yeah, that's that's the truth of it. I always kind of thought that I would be where I am. Mm. That's an interesting contrast, not to go into the psyche of the whole thing too much, but like to have that that kind of greenness when you start and the confidence, but then to now feel like you've got imposter syndrome. Like it's <laughs> that's quite funny. <laughs> that's well, like I, think a, I think it's the whole thing of fake it till you make it, which is what I did. And yeah. feel like I'm still doing, but um, you know, it's conversations with my therapist weekly about. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I've got to this point now, but I feel like I don't know how. And I, but I mean, it all makes sense. You look at your body of work, and it's just. I mean, I said it before, but it's it's insane what you've done. Um, and yeah. and now the the thing that really surprises me, um, and it feels it feels like a, a very different like tonal shift, but um, casting. <laughs> casting John Wick chapter four that I mean I'm excited to see it more now because I have to tell you and this is the truth and I'm really sorry the only reason I said yes to doing it is because the father of my children who I'm still with has never voluntarily watched anything that I work on because it's all too you know arty but as soon as I said that I'd, I'd got a meeting for John Wick four which I was going to to say no to because it's not my thing. <laughs> I got really excited and was like, they're the best films. So sadly, I took one for the team and said yes to do it. <laughs> so that we could go and watch it together. <laughs> that is amazing. <laughs> well, good on him because I'm now really excited to see it. I was kind of, I'd enjoyed the first three and I was like, you know what, I'm probably out now, but now I've seen your casting it, I'm in. I'm all the way in and I want to see it. Completely, completely amazing process. Chad, the director, is just an absolute delight. Really, it's his mind and it's his yeah. he's done all of them, hasn't he? He's 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 incredible and he knows like every single stunt actor and heights mm. and proportions and you'll be casting something and then he'll say, Oh no, well that person could be a woman. Give me a woman, give me, you know, it's um mm frenetic it's a frenetic process but I'm interested to say and also you know I don't ever want to get stuck being the um horror indie woman so um yeah I was keen to do something a bit different <laughs> oh it's yeah I mean it's completely out of the box so different yeah. and, and 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 he's like he was a um his background stunts yeah. so obviously knowing you know that kind of thing and because uh, I noticed um a friend of mine Scott Adkins is in it as well which is yeah. another reason why I really want to see it um but like I can tell by just by Scott being in it it's like 
It's I always knew, the best of the best of the best. I knew nothing of that world though. So, and Scott, Chad was like, oh, you know, this guy, Scott. And I was like, Who, who's Scott? I need to check him out. And I was like, oh my God. It, it's just a side of the industry mm. that I, you know, hands up. I've never watched Indiana Jones. I've never watched Star Wars. And it's just not my thing. Fair, fair play, fair play. <laughs> well, that, I mean, yeah, the, the best of the best. And the cast in this one in particular is just you've got some legends in there so it's it's going to be that's all chad though i would love to sit there and say oh you know i really thought of that <laughs> martial artist but that's all chad i can't i can't take the credit for that <laughs> I'm, I'm very excited i don't know if you can tell <laughs> <laughs> also i mean you've that is obviously something that um i think a lot of people would be excited to see but then you've got i mean completely in different end of the scale um lady chatterley's am i pronouncing that right lady chatterley's lover yeah um with jack o'connell um that's obviously a completely different um i mean it's going in a completely different direction um what was it like casting that and then obviously you cast jack o'connell in home which was uh, a short you did years back which um which got the bafta so I guess was that the connection there with him being cast in that? Yeah, I think that for for Lady Chatterley, we were looking for Law. The director is amazing, and I was such a fan of Mustang. And um, that came, and I thought, oh, you know, we don't need another version. But it'll be really interesting to see what she does with it. But I think what I was really keen on having was that kind of really brooding masculine energy and there aren't that many actors that I think have that kind of rugged sexuality and uh, Jack's got it in tons. <laughs> <laughs> well Jack um, O'Connell's um he's one of those actors that he's been around a while now and he's done some really interesting projects I don't don't think he not, he doesn't seem to take the obvious choices he hasn't I mean I'm sure he could have done gone down the kind of you know the the mainstream um route but he's really picked and choose and he's done more indies recently and then um things that are just a bit more interesting um he remind he's like kind of the well in fact they were both in the film together weren't they George Mackay and, and um Jack O'Connell they're kind of the other end of the scale but they're both really interesting actors where they I'm sure they could have gone off and done a Marvel movie or whatever, but they haven't. They've chosen to do these more interesting, um, intricate roles. Um, yeah. But yeah, Jack O'Connell is one of those actors, the minute I see something that he's in, I'm like, I want to watch that. Because yeah. um, he's just interesting. And he's so enigmatic as well. I just think he's just got such a lovely um, aura. And being sat at the read-through with him and uh, Emma Corrin, and mm. it's just, yeah. Another pinch me moment. Every day is a pinch me moment, but that was, yeah, that, that was a good one. What's your What's your process like once you've actually cast something? Do you like to go down to set and kind of have a look at what's going on and and, and stay involved throughout the whole process, or do you like to kind of once you've done your bit, um, leave them to it? it? It depends. I love a set visit, but only if it's on location somewhere. No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's in Hawaii. I've never been on set to see Robert Eggers. No, actually, that's a lie. I did go to Belfast, but I think because of COVID, it's just all a bit yeah. weird. I haven't really had that experience, but no, I love to go and see it and see it happen and just lurk in the shadows. But I'm a pain because I just, you know, constantly think about food and on set food is terrible. <laughs> I was going to say, it's one of the best places to be, though, because there is always food, but it depends on, it depends on the level of food. Yeah. Yeah, I've had some terrible, uh, <laughs> terrible craft services. I can imagine the craft services on John Wick was all right, though. Should didn't get, gone, I didn't get to gone down for that. Apparently, um, Keanu gave everyone on set a Rolex, and I just, you know, didn't didn't make it that day, did uh, I? <laughs> I'm, sure I'm sure he's got it for me in a box, and he'll send it. <laughs> <laughs> he will once he hears this, obviously. <laughs> And so, I mean, obviously you've done so many projects, but is there is there one that's kind of close to your, I mean, it's like picking a child, I guess, but is there one that you would kind of look at and go, that's my favourite, like that, that's something I'm really proud of? So many. For that's so a many. tough one. You're... <laughs> I'm pretty proud of everything for different reasons. If it's mm -hmm. me challenging myself or getting through working with people, 
who aren't particularly the easiest. Um, no, every, proud of every single thing, really, mm. for different reasons. That's always the good answer, isn't it? If you've got, a, I know that I've done, I look at my credits and I think, oh, I shouldn't have done that one. But I'm going to learn from what you said and I'm going to pick and choose a little bit more now. Instead of just so, so someone once said to me, what's the power of your yes if you never say no? And yeah. I, that's something that sticks with me. Yeah, you almost have to like have moment, momentum to be able to feel like you can do it. But actually... Just saying no to something that is, right always, is yeah even if it's just mm. no i don't want that pret sandwich <laughs> you mm -hmm. can always, there's always something you can say no to yeah i was just about well now i'll give you the because i can always cut this out but because i don't want to offend anyone that i work with but i had an <laughs> example of a job i won't name it in case i keep this in but a job that um they're gonna know what it is if they hear this because the description is quite obvious but a job where basically the lead had been shooting for a week and he pulled out or like something happened. There was a disagreement and he was basically let go of the project and they needed to replace him as quickly as possible. And so my agent at the time, Curtis Brown, rang me and they knew because it was a, it was a northern character from Manchester. And they were like, we know you can do this accent. Can you read this script this afternoon and get <laughs> back to us? I was like, yeah, OK, cool. Not really knowing how kind of desperate the situation was. And I read it and I, I thought, ah, oh, I like it. And it, it was like a horror kind of film, and it, but it, not one where I was like, I'm not, I was like, I'm not sure about the idea of it. And um, in the end, I was like, well, it's a lead role. And actually, I'm really giving it away now that Jessica Barden's in it, um, which was actually the, reason, <laughs> the reason I took it, because I was like, I really want to work with her. I think she's amazing. And um, so I ended up doing it. But then my agent was basically around me and was like, OK, great. Um, we've booked you a train. Um, you've got to leave in an hour. I was like, what? What?" And they're like, yeah, you need to go up to Manchester tonight and you start filming tomorrow. And it's it's the lead role in this film. And I was like, okay. Like in my mind, I think I should probably just do this because this is a challenge and it's like, it's an exercise in actually, can I pull this off? Um, so I, you know, I got on the train and I was trying to learn this script <laughs> that I'd only read once on this like two hour train. And uh, I get there and then we started filming and we were shooting for like six weeks, but it was like, ugh. but it was one of those jobs where you kind of like, oh, should I? Because, you know, you're pushing yourself to that limit where you're like, am I actually going to be good in this? Because I've now I've taken this job on so last minute. But I am glad I did it because it kind of tested. Sometimes it's from a financial point, right? So like I know that there was one film that I did um, and I just had a baby and I knew I shouldn't have done it, but I said yes, because I actually just needed some cash. Yeah. And I remember it being a complete and utter shambles with the producer texting me saying that she'd come and give me cash in an envelope because I'd finished the work and they hadn't paid me. And it was just awful. And by the, time, by the time the job had finished, I actually didn't need the money in the same way that I thought it, it was just... It was just that's an important thing though, I think for um, people that are trying to get into the industry and like the hard times at the beginning where you are absolutely broke, it is important to say that, you know, sometimes you don't beat yourself up about having to take a job because you need the money. Like everyone needs money, um, specifically at the beginning of your career. Yeah. But, um, and yeah. also having that money lets you do other things. So I think it's just never just learning from every decision that you make you can't look back and say oh I wish I hadn't done that there's there's something positive to come out of every situation for sure for sure um and I'll start to wrap up now because we've we've had a great we've had a great chat and I don't want to I don't want to keep talk, you for too I much talk, I can talk forever <laughs> but I wanted to ask a few more things because I know this is something that well personally me as well like as an actor I was pretending like, the audience want to know this but I want to know this too um <laughs> Have you got any advice for actors going into a room for, you know, if they're coming in to see you and they're auditioning, if they're lucky enough to actually get in the room? I know these days there's a lot of tapes going on. But have you got any advice for, for actors coming in the room? That's a very broad question, but um, anything I, that springs to mind? I think just kind of come in with a skip. Just come in and know that you're there because we really want you there. I'm not, hmm. you know... Um, yeah it makes my job easier if we get it cast so yeah um yeah. 
and I oh it's so hard it's just you know relax into it just enjoy it but I think you know I've been in rooms where it's been impossibly awkward because the director has made it so awful but half the time I'll anyone who's come into a casting with me knows that I will have prepped them beforehand and been like oh directors are real mm. mostly more more on commercials mm. um oh that's nice that you actually like, you know point that out. oh yeah no 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 yeah because otherwise you're just walking into an absolute <laughs> trap <laughs> no if it's if it's utter hell I give everyone the heads up first I've oh, got like eye signals, hand signals, all sorts of things going on. <laughs> they're going, they're twitching your ear like that. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry, it'll be it's fine. Self, 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 self shoot, yeah. Um, and to, to finish on a high, um, <laughs> to finish on a high, uh, have, you, have you got a story that, I mean, you don't have to answer this, but do you have any sort of embarrassing moment or a story that, really brings the shame and, and makes you makes you go puce when you think about it anything that you're willing to share oh, I mean I've got hundreds I'll, but the one that I <laughs> always tell is um we yeah I was I was an assistant at the time and it was a Saturday and I'd been sent in to uh go and help at an audition and I had to read in I'm not an actor I can't act as all the actors who have ever had the joy of reading opposite. I mean, I'm completely monotonous. I give you nothing. I don't even do it anymore. We just get actors to read. Anyway, um, because of what happened. So we're auditioning for Wuthering Heights um, with Jack Houston. And um, the director had to give me so many notes because I was just shaking and I had to sit on my hands. And I left the audition and I phoned my friend. I was like, oh, you know, I think, I think Jack Houston's a little bit in love with me. He really, you know, he was really, and um, my friend was like, come out. He was acting. It was Kathy and Heathcliff. <laughs> and I was like, oh yeah, well, yeah. You're like, he's really good. <laughs> I, I gen honestly, I genuinely thought he was in love with me and that he was, you know, giving me signals of, you know, love. <laughs> you never a, know you uh, may be right you may uh, be right he was definitely just a good actor um <laughs> no there are lots when I started I remember when I first worked for a casting director who shall remain unnamed um because I got fired from that also um and she called me one day and asked me to check availability on Eddie Marsan but you know I, I didn't know anything about actors and I was like yeah who how do you spell that and she hung up and I called her back she and I, was like, I was like sorry can you please just tell me how to spell it? Because I don't know. It, yeah, it used to be um, Eddie Marsan, Michael Fassbender, Pete Postlethwaite. I just, <laughs> I was always just like, who, who? How do you spell that? <laughs> and now you, you've come so far. <laughs> My assistants. No, I don't. <laughs> now, you, now you have your database with everything in it. And now you know. <laughs> Everyone knows how to spell everything. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on. And, and I'm a genuine, and, and I don't say this to everyone, I say to most, but I mean it. <laughs> I'm a genuine fan. So thank you for coming on here. And it, it really is, it's a great insight. So I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. But there is one question that I really wanted to answer. Hold on. Which is what I do in my downtime. Or, or yeah. something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About me. I'm an avid gardener. Ah, oh, very good. In very calming for the soul really calming and I've got like a night light and I go out in the evening oh, you go out at night as well oh yeah well because I didn't get much time during the day so yeah I go out oh. at night plant my little seeds so tonight I'm gonna go and deadhead my roses and some someone will be watching and being like it's not the time to do it at night but that's yeah get it all done that, that I mean you said earlier that you're a workaholic and you going out into the garden with a head torch on <laughs> <laughs> it's everything that's that is everything there's I love so many, that. Yeah, there's so many uh <laughs> misconceptions about me but if only I, I wish that people could watch me for 24 hours because they'd realize I'm a total goof <laughs> that could be a new reality tv show <laughs> nobody ever wants to see that I'd never get hired again because it basically <laughs> me like sticking my head in the fridge for 90 percent of the day <laughs> are you actually are you working from home as well are you still working from home are you back in the office now no yeah we're back in the office back to doing casting in person I I yeah 
Oh, that's good. So you're actually having people in the room. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I love, I love people. I love that. I love that process. Basically, I don't do any admin in my office. I just sit and talk to people all day and audition people and drink lots of tea. That's that's my life. <laughs> that's amazing to hear, though, that you are like, and, and with a lot, I've had a few casting directors on here in the last few weeks, and all of them have said now there's like people are back in the room and and getting that that I mean that feels like something so alien now like after doing years of tapes because of COVID and everything else it's so nice to be able to actually go in a room and interact with touch someone people, yeah, them. touch them <laughs> hug them lick them yeah. <laughs> um, and then you, you it's get, just so nice, I, especially with the younger actors I find that they just need that confidence and um, mm. actually everyone it's not even an age thing I just think and there's benefits to both it's really lovely doing zooms for people who are based in Scotland or mm. not German you know just it's it's just nice to have the option of there being options <laughs> it's great as well when you go into a room and if you are nervous and because being I always bring this up but being dyslexic and learning lines is always like a nerve-wracking thing and then you know when someone goes well now you need to read in front of someone it's like it's it's something that obviously gets your nerves going and when you go in a room and a casting director is really nice and they put you at ease and then they just make you feel comfortable and then you feel like you can play and you can experiment with the yeah, I just don't else. understand why you'd ever want it to be any other way hmm. um, and I just think that something that we really really try and do is really be specific about what's expected in the room and that depends on the director some directors want you to stick to the script some don't care but I think if we give you that information because we know it then it helps you go into it but you know you're talking to someone who has to take a beta blocker before I like go on stage so I've just got that utter respect for anyone who um comes in and does it because I couldn't do that at all <laughs> This has been amazing. Thank you so much. Good and um, good luck with going out with your head torch and, and deadheading your roses. Yeah, and now I will some, I'm going to uh, top this up with some vodka now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. okay, thank you so much. This has been amazing. Thank you, thank so, you much. so much. And um, have a good night. You too. Take care. Bye. Bye, bye. Thank you to our guest, Carmel. Men is out now. Support us on Patreon for early access to episodes and follow us on TikTok. If you enjoy this episode, please like and subscribe. If you have time, write a review. It all makes a huge difference. Thank you. It's a life and, fail. and you better come back next month to a life and